0: Oh, and welcome to Potternot, a podcast for those with conflicted Harry Potter feelings and for those who have absorbed Harry Potter through cultural osmosis and want to dive into the good and the bad. I am E, my pronouns are she, they,
1: and I'm a fledgling fan.
2: I'm Zoe, she, her, a jaded fan.
1: And I'm Adela, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm a fan in crisis. I feel like I'm going to change mine at some point. I'm not really in crisis anymore. (laughs) You are processing crisis. I'm a fan processing crisis. (laughs) I'm a fan in recovery.
0: That sounds like you're doing some sort of industrial manufacturing process.
2: I opened this book and immediately decided that I needed to send you the picture that is the
1: chapter heading for this. Oh, great. Excellent.
2: For The Very Secret Diary, which, as per usual, we will post it's the best of the three American chapter art headings. It's
0: quite something.
1: Oh! <laughs> I was I was like, is it going to be the dwarf it is? Yeah, it sure I is. have some thoughts
0: on that. Anyways. Uh-huh. That shocker. So we read Chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary, Chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge, and Chapter 15, Aragog.
1: Uh-huh. What'd you think, E? <laughs> I
0: okay so i will say two things one boy howdy does stuff happen in these chapters boy howdy does stuff happen at that point point. and two when i was looking at the chapters when we last recorded and like looking at the names i was like you know aragog really looks like a spider name i wonder what that chapter is about. <laughs> ah, <laughs> nice. it turns out it sure is a spider name sure is um i, I forget what the spider's name is in Lord of the Rings. I don't think it's quite. She loved. She loved. It. It sounded like a Lord of the Rings ask spider. <laughs> name. It's a very fantasy name. Mm-hmm. So I thought that sounded like a spider, and I was very pleased to be right. Yes, I will also say that internet knowledge has spoiled me on Tom
1: Riddle. I was going to ask mm. that. I was like, you must know who Tom Riddle is.
0: Yes, I don't know the particulars of like when it gets revealed or what the context is but i knew i knew Quirrell and i knew tom riddle so i'm interested to see how that plays out because obviously it's not revealed in these chapters not yet that's for sure i don't know if it is in this book we'll find out so i will not say (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) please don't i sort of wish that i didn't know that because i feel like a first read on this especially this chapter, The Very Secret Diary, would be really interesting
1: if I did not know. Yeah, you would not know anything about the diary being at all sinister.
2: Yeah, <laughs> huh. I have a memory of a memory of being shocked at the revelation. But mm-hmm. it's been so long. Same. I've read it so many times. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm not usually a spoiler-averse person. Like I often find that knowing details... Of a thing ahead of time actually enhances my experience of it because I can see, like, oh, here's how the author or the writer or the filmmaker or whatever is doing this. But I sort of wish I did not know this one. Yeah, that makes sense. Very, very fair. So, um, should we talk
1: about dwarfs?
0: Yeah. Do we want to, like, do anything in this chapter before that?
1: That's near the beginning, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, like, Hermione gets rid of her fuzzy face. Oh, yeah. Hermione's yeah. a cat girl for like two months.
2: Hermione is a cat girl for, like, two months, and they find the diary. Uh, It got thrown through Myrtle into the toilet in the girl's bathroom. That's, like, all that happened. And then I will go ahead and emphasize this, even though I don't think that this is something that you necessarily would pick up on, but I think I should just point it out is the sentence Harry couldn't explain even to himself why he didn't just throw Riddle's diary away. The fact that even though he knew the diary was blank, he kept absent-mindedly picking it up and turning the pages as though it was a story he wanted to finish.
0: I'm trying to find the line. There's one line where Harry intuits that because of the place in London where the diary is bought, oh, page, page 173 in the British edition, Harry turned to the back cover of the book and saw the printed name of a newsagent in Vauxhall Road, London. Mm -hmm. He must have been Muggleborn, said Harry thoughtfully, to have bought a diary from Vauxhall Road.
2: Uh, Interesting difference in translation here. Harry turned to the back cover of the book and saw the printed name of a variety Mm -hmm. store on Vauxhall Road,
0: London. Oh, Oh, they don't have newsagents over here. (laughs) I I feel like they could have just said, like, newsstand, and it would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. But whatever i don't know why yeah. harry knows this that just i guess that must just be like a place that isn't Diagon Alley.
1: and it just like it doesn't sound like a wizarding place it sounds like it a- uh,
0: we need we need bo back tell us about Vauxhall road <laughs> <laughs> and then valentine's day happens mm-hmm.
1: yeah so we should talk about dwarves yeah this is the only time they ever show up in any book That was my question. Yep.
0: So so the word dwarf Yeah. means a few things. Yes. In fantasy literature, it often means a Tolkien-esque separate species, basically, of humanoid who live in a particular culture. It can also mean a person with dwarfism. Mm
1: -hmm. I believe that this is the former.
0: It is, as far as I
1: understand it. We have, like, the um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which has dwarves in it, so um, I think.
0: Okay, that's an implication.
1: Does it? Maybe it doesn't. It has goblins in it, and goblins are people as well. You want me to check? I own this. I also own it, but I don't want to go to my bookshelf and get it.
0: (laughs) I can grab it. I think there's also, like, pre-Tolkien folklore ideas of dwarves, which are not quite as not quite as separated from humans I guess mm-hmm. in the like, they're more of like a fey concept yes yeah this is a really wild thing to just drop in here uh huh dwarf is not in
2: the what is this when did this come out 2001 fantastic Beasts somewhere to find them library book yeah that's the one that I have as well that was published for charity uh, dwarf is not in there
1: well, that's good news, I guess.
2: Or bad news. I think it's somewhere in between, right?
1: But are centaurs in there? Because centaurs, centaurs are Centaurs also... are. Yeah. And goblins? And so are
2: goblins. Yeah, hmm. I thought so. But that implies to me that actually she's
0: talking about people with dwarfism and not about a separate creature. I would like to give a shout out to the Harry Potter fandom wiki page on dwarves, which has this exact illustration. It has a list of appearances- Apparently they are mentioned in the first book. Interesting. I don't know that. This book, the video game version of this book, uh, apparently once in The Prisoner of Azkaban, Mm -hmm. once in The Order of the Phoenix video game as an insult in the Danish version only. Okay.
2: (laughs) And that's it. So basically what we're saying is that JKR, like,
0: fucked up here. Yeah. Yeah. This wiki page... Has references to Scandinavian mythology, which is sort of what I was referencing with like the pre Tolkien mm-hmm. mm-hmm. ideas of dwarves, but there doesn't appear to be any reference to like that's what the author was thinking of. Yeah. We don't know. This is wild.
1: And Lockhart dresses them up in Cupid outfits and. And no matter how
0: you interpret these as. Are they like a humanoid species that has a culture? Are they just beasts of some sort? This would be humiliating.
1: Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and they're described as like looking sur- like surly, looking like they're not they're not enjoying this. No, no, this is a gig not. that they have to do. Like they're, I I I think they're getting paid for it, but like still,
0: the implication is that Lockhart has chosen dwarves because they are small and Cupids are small. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm guessing also because fairies, which also exist.
1: Fairies are a lot more like a fantastic beast. There's no communication with...
0: I was going to say, they would not work for hire, probably. Yeah. No. All of the other... Like, everyone who isn't Lockhart hates this. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah.
2: So that sucks, but is immediately followed by one of my favorite moments in this book. Or one of them is when the dwarf (laughs) spots Harry (laughs) and... Losing his head, Harry tried to make a run for it, but the dwarf seized him around the knees and brought him crashing to the floor. Right, he said, sitting on Harry's ankles. Here is your singing valentine. And then, are you ready, audience? (laughs) His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. His hair is as dark as a blackboard. I wish he was mine. He's really divine. The hero who conquered the
1: Dark Lord. Incredible.
0: Do we find out who sends this? Yes, later. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's implied in the scene. So yes,
0: <laughs> I was wondering if that was that was a, a misdirection or if it, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's correct. Okay. God bless. Then Harry starts communicating with this diary.
0: Hold on. Why can Expelliarmus be used on a diary?
1: It's to disarm.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's just like whatever. Something in your, in your hand.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like an unhand charm, right? It's a, Specifically a disarming charm. But I, I had that question in the past and I was like, maybe it's because the diary is what it is. It could be used as a weapon. Yeah, the fact
2: that it's clearly some sort of powerful magical object. Yeah.
0: Even though they don't know that. Well, Harry's about to find
1: out. Should I send this art? Yeah, send the oh, art, please. So this is from the illustrated edition of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It is a full two-page Ooh. spread of Harry diving into this memory with just a swirl Mm. of colors yeah i love it i'm gonna that's really i will add that to the tweets as well
0: i do really like the description of the falling in or of the diary uh of the falling in
1: like how he there's like a little screen and he like looks into it and then falls in in Mm -hmm. a swirl of color yeah remember that uh description i was gonna say that (laughs) okay (laughs) this is the first time we experience memory magic
0: And it won't be the last. It won't be the last. I think
2: there's like, in this what Bo said last time and what we said the time before is like, a lot happens in these chapters, but also not that much happens in these chapters, right? Like
1: Like big reveals.
2: But it takes a long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Big reveals with a lot of padding. And the padding is pre-diving into this memory, right? Once you're in the memory, like you're fucking in it. Like things are happening. Harry doesn't know what's going on. You are 50
0: years ago. The padding is the the cat girl stuff and the, yeah and the Valentine's Day and the... which is like a way for
2: Harry to realize that
0: the diary soaks up
2: ink so he puts some more ink in there and blah blah right. blah like it's just Detective Harry being Detective Harry
0: mm-hmm.
2: which at this point
0: I bet this would be more interesting to a twelve year old reader yes like yes. a reader a reader who is processing these revelations at the same speed as Harry yeah I agree which is. The target audience for this book, so that's fun. yes,
2: yeah, and like as we all have said multiple times, like these get much much more complex the further up in the book chain you go. Yeah, so this is still very much a um a, like a high middle grade reader, but I do really like this memory scene, this memory situation. Yeah. The fact that it's comfortably described in terms of how Harry and therefore the audience knows Hogwarts, but different, right? Like that creepy notion of. Almost.
1: Correct.
0: Like, this is almost what I know.
1: There's a different headmaster. We meet young Dumbledore.
0: Mm-hmm. We meet
1: young Hagrid. Yeah. Yeah, we do.
0: Reactions? Okay, so this is the bit where I was like, I wish I didn't know who Tom Riddle turns out to be. Because I was instantly reading this whole memory scene as sinister. And that's a thing that I think you're not necessarily supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, like, obviously, in two chapters, we find out that Hagrid's, like, off the hook. But there's this moment where you're supposed to suspect, yeah, like, oh, maybe it was Hagrid. And that, I mean, it just didn't, like, I, I could see right through it. Which was a bit a bit of a bummer. I do think it's a really interesting place for this plot to go. Yeah, you didn't expect it. I didn't expect the, I didn't expect Hagrid to be wrapped up in it.
1: I really like that it's, like... Hagrid is implicated, but never implicated as being evil. It's, he made a mistake because he loves magical creatures too much. Right.
0: Now, Hagrid would have had to be a pureblood Slytherin, hypothetically, to open the Chamber of Secrets, right? That is not a question I can answer. Yeah,
1: nope.
0: (laughs) I mean, based on on what we think in the book so far.
1: It's supposed to be Slytherin's heir. The likelihood of Hagrid being Slytherin's heir is unlikely. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I guess we don't it hasn't been said what house Hagrid was in? No. I don't think um, I don't think we ever know that.
1: Okay. I'm sure it's somewhere in Pottermore. He's either Hufflepuff or Gryffindor, but like
0: I, I'm sure it's not Slytherin. No, but I don't think in canon it's ever listed. It's not ever said in canon, no. I'm sure that it's not Slytherin because it's Hagrid who gives us the first notion of Slytherins are terrible. Yeah. I think it's assumed that it's Gryffindor. That goes back to the thing we were saying last time about how all of the people who aren't stereotypes of a personality are Gryffindors. Yeah. Because this is a book about a Gryffindor. Anyways, so we find Hagrid in the basement with a spider.
2: (laughs) Yes. Thank you for that clue summation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was Hagrid in the basement with a spider.
0: <laughs> and like I, I really
2: enjoy that um immediately I guess it's not even immediately, it's towards the ends of the next chapter. That's very frustrating. <laughs> but it's in the next chapter you get to confront that. Like it's not a long time before the confrontation. It's not well, drawn out.
1: It it's multiple months. Yeah, but like for the reader. Okay. Yeah. Um before we move into the important stuff. Yeah. Can we can we just talk a little bit about the new subjects that they have to choose for third year?
2: Yes, I was going to say. We um, should have and I it. was going to
1: ask which subjects you guys would choose. So the options that they have to choose from are arithmetic, Ancient Runes, Divination, Care of Magical Creatures, and Muggle Studies. And Harry and Ron have no idea what to do, so they just kind of sign up for the same thing as each other.
0: I would go into Muggle Studies. Muggle Studies is probably the closest to, like, anthropology, linguistics,
1: sociology type stuff. Ancient runes would, would be like? a good linguistics one, too.
0: Ancient runes would be interesting, maybe.
1: I would yeah. probably do ancient runes and muggle studies.
0: Yeah. I would do ancient runes, care of magical creatures, and
1: probably arithmancy. I think I would have done care of magical creatures if I didn't know what that class is actually like. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I would not do care of magical creatures.
0: <laughs> the real answer is that depending on which like, slightly alternate version of 12-year-old me you pick, I would be Hermione and sign up for all of them. Which is a wild thing that you can sign up for all of them. Yeah. And you can also not. You can. Also, like, way to just fuck up the rest of your life. Like,
2: so this is something I'm comfortable with spoiling, which is starting in fifth year, when you take your OWLs, which are, like, the A-levels, you have to pass certain subjects to get into the newt which is Nastily Exhausting Wizarding Tests. That's what NUT stands for, in case That's you were like wondering. like your
0: university exams, type Yes, of. you
2: have like your university exams. So to get into the NEWT level, you have to pass a certain grade in your OWLs. And the thing is, you can't just pick up another subject. Mm-hmm. And you don't get career counseling until year five, at which point you need to know what classes you need to have taken. So it's backwards. It's backwards. Like they get no Perfect. counseling here. So, like, if you wanted to go into healing, you would have had to take—I think it's Care of Magical Creatures or something like that. I remember learning about well, this. Herbology, at some point.
1: you have to take, but you already have to take that anyway. Yeah,
2: like outside of the main subjects, I think you're supposed to take
1: Herbology, Potions, Care of Magical Creatures. Probably Care of
2: Magical Creatures because you're using magical creature stuff in healing, right, to create
0: potions and stuff. But if you,
2: as a third year, are like, I don't. I don't know, or second year, rather. If you're like, I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know about this. If you don't
0: know what you're doing with your life by the time that you're 13. 12. 12. Then you're fucked. Also, I mean, I guess this must happen in the British school system if this is a thing that Rowling is replicating here, but most students in the U.S. don't get to choose elective classes until, like... High school. Their last year of high school.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. High,
0: like, sophomore year. Oh, sophomore year?
2: Okay. And sometimes even freshman year because you can pick a language. Mm, Yeah, depending on how
0: well-funded your school is will for sure affect what options you have. Yeah. I feel like the proportion of electives to required classes was always pretty small, though. Like in the U.S. Because it seems like the proportion is like you could be taking more electives than... Mainline courses mm-hmm. in Hogwarts. At Hogwarts. What are your mainline That's courses? That's how it
1: works in education systems that are better than ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: <laughs> to be fair. Like Finland? <laughs> like, what are the core courses at Hogwarts? Potions, Transfiguration, Charms, Herbology, and Astronomy, right? Those are the five yeah. core courses. And uh, Defense, so Defense Against the Dark Arts. And Defense Against the Dark Arts. So there are six core courses, and then you have the option of taking how many more?
1: Five. There's only five Optics. electives.
2: Up to five. Up to five. And realistically, three or four. That's a lot of classes. That's how many I took in high school. At once? Yeah. We had nine
0: periods every day. The U.S. is...
1: I I still do not understand how that works. We had four periods per day. Even
0: in like my busiest year of homeschooling high school, I think I only had seven.
2: We did... I guess technically PE is required K-12 in the United States. Um, so, okay. yeah, it's your care of magical creatures, right? But we had nine 43 minute periods at my high school. We were not on a yeah. block schedule. And so, huh. eight of those classes were academic, and one of them was lunch.
1: I guess all of our classes were like an hour, an hour 20 And then,
2: or if you wanted to take extra, you could do early bird PE at 7 a.m. and then fit mm. another class in your schedule. Wow. And graduate early. Why? Wow.
1: Anyways, yeah. we probably should move on to more. The U.S.
0: education system
1: is wild and, and
0: bad. Anyways, so...
1: Oh, there was a. I I wrote down a note of something I wanted to read out loud, but I don't remember what it was. It's on page 189.
2: An important thing here is that somebody
1: breaks into the Gryffindor Tower. Oh. Yes. Um, someone breaks into the Gryffindor Tower. Do you have a guess who E. Well, by the way that you both just phrased that,
0: it's probably <laughs> not what Harry suggests, which is another Gryffindor. Uh, I will say I, I was not. Saying anything by the freezing.
1: <laughs> Neither was I. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> who breaks into the boys' dormitories? I
1: don't know. Uh...
2: Good. So the
1: part that I wanted to read is one of my favorite Hermione moments, and this happens, I think, at least twice throughout the books, maybe more than that. With this specific exchange between Hermione and the other two, Harry says, "I just heard it again. Did you? Didn't you?" And Hermione Hermione clapped a hand to her forehead. "'Harry, I think I've just understood something. "'I've got to go to the library!' "'And she sprinted away up the stairs. "'What does she understand?' "'said Harry distractedly, still looking around, "'trying to fi- to tell where the voice had come from. "'Loads more than I do,' said Ron, shaking his head. "'But why she got to go to the library?' Because that's what Hermione does, says Ron, said Ron, shrugging. When in doubt, go to the library.
2: I love her. This is something that happens over and over across the books, and Hermione becomes less and less coherent in the sentence that yes. she says on the way to the library. Yes. It just becomes like more and more fractions of
1: sentences, the, yeah. the higher up
2: in the books you go, and you're like, okay,
1: goodbye. Uh, I love it. Uh, speaking of Hermione, they get interrupted before the Quidditch game starts.
0: Yeah, there's almost a Quidditch game. And then... Not so much. Uh, two people are attacked in the library.
2: Hermione lay utterly still, her eyes open and glassy. They were found near the library, said Professor McGonagall. I don't suppose either of you can explain this. It was on the floor next to them. She was holding up a small circular mirror. So the, um, they in this conversation is also a fifth year with long curly hair. Harry recognized her as the Ravenclaw. Penelope claw, but Clearwater. It yeah, Penelope
0: Clearwater. Mm-hmm. My Medusa suspicions intensify. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. Nice. I because, suspect then you have a guess about the mirror. I do have a guess about the mirror. My guess is that either Hermione or Penelope had taken the mirror as defense against a Medusa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Because that's, that's how you beat a Medusa. That's a very good guess. I will still say that I, I don't know if that's where this is going, but that's a thing that can petrify people.
1: That's very true. So we meet the Minister for Magic, Cornelius Fudge. <sighs> God. yeah boy, cornelius Dewey. oswald fudge he's
2: dressed like a batman villain <laughs> you know i have never made that connection before
0: but you Neither are completely have correct
2: he's dressed like the fucking penguin
0: yeah shout outs to the one person i follow on tumblr who draws penguin fan art all the time <laughs> okay that's a choice that's probably why it's in my head
1: there's a quote from well first i'll ask E. You, your um thoughts on carnitas fudge and then there's a quote from him that i would like to read from this book okay from this chapter
0: yeah i mean other than like this is a cartoon villain not much i don't much to say about this guy
1: he sucks Mm -hmm. he's a bumbling fool so the uh paragraph that i wanted to read is on page 193 of the british edition Look at it from my point of view, said Fudge, fidgeting with his bowler. I'm under a lot of pressure. Got to be seen to be doing something. If it turns out it wasn't Hagrid, he'll be back and no more said. But I've got to take him. Got to. Wouldn't be doing my duty, etc. And I, and I wrote down Cornelius and then in quotation marks as a nickname, got to be seen to be doing something, Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> got to be seen is to nice? be
2: doing something.
1: Because this is a recurring theme.
0: No kidding.
2: It's, it's very,
0: it's very, I was just following orders.
2: And, um, speaking of the orders, we find out, (laughs) we find out on whose orders, which is Mm -hmm. the return of our
1: favorite sneering man, uh, which is Malfoy. Now you get to, you find out how much power he actually has. He doesn't work at the ministry but he no. has so much power at the ministry because he's rich he, and Ooh. he's
2: he is literally on the board of governors. He is on the
1: board of yeah. directors for i was for gonna ask
0: who are the school. governors
1: he's the only one we meet yeah there are 12 of them
0: what do the governors do
1: it's like the school board
0: oh okay yeah they just call themselves governors yeah supposedly i
2: think theoretically they approve teacher hiring and not theoretically. I can say that for sure. They approve teacher yes, they, they approve headmaster mistress appointments. They determine when the school year starts. They like sign off. They determine if the school year needs to end early. Mm-hmm. They um, what else do they do? They have the ability to remove headmasters and headmistresses and they are all under the thumb of Lucius mouth. So I feel like there's something else they can do. That might be it they, that we know. they
0: specifically related to Hogwarts and not yeah. to the ministry more broadly. Yes. Or Okay.
2: It's unclear how they get this position or who they are. Probably by
1: being rich. Probably yeah. by being rich. <laughs> Big important family yeah. names. I imagine it's
0: like 100% nepotism. Um, I'd like to call out Hagrid for the
2: most awkward clue given in any piece of text or media. And I will say that this is just as awkward in the films. It's great. Yeah, it's uh if anyone wanted to find out some stuff, all they'd have to do was to be to follow the spiders. That'll lead them, right? That's all I'm saying. And you're like, what the fuck, Hagrid? (laughs) There's no one in here.
1: It's a good clue though. I mean, it's a
2: very important clue, but also like It is said to a supposedly empty room while he's walking out the door. Like, it is
0: just... Yes, he shows out Malfoy and Dumbledore.
1: No, Fudge is still there. Fudge is still there, yeah. Fudge stared at him in in amazement.
0: Hagrid takes a deep (laughs) breath and says very carefully, if anyone wanted to find out some stuff, italicized, all they'd have to do would be to follow the spiders, italicized. (laughs) And it's one of those things where it's like, he has to say it,
1: right? And he's under a lot of pressure and not enough time. So he's just doing the best he can.
2: Yeah, I do appreciate that he then says, and somebody will need to feed Fang while I'm away. Yes. Like, Also, please feed my dog. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about...
1: <laughs> chapter 15, Aragog.
2: <laughs> so, E...
0: What'd you think of chapter 15? So I did predict that it would be spiders. You did predict that it would be spiders. That Aragog would be a spider. Yeah. So as soon as the, they're in Herbology class, there's another recurring Hufflepuff, Ernie McMillan. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's... He
1: uh, comes back. We actually see him more often than we see Justin Folk and Rolkin, I was going
0: to say, he seems to be th- the Hufflepuff now. He's the Hufflepuff. He's the Hufflepuff now. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> I am the
2: Hufflepuff
0: now. So they find some spiders. And the spiders are going towards the forest. So, of course, Harry and Ron go into the forest. uh, Where Ron has not been, because Ron was sick last time. Ron, the beautiful boy who is afraid of spiders. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I just It's so easy for me to picture the expression that Rupert Grint makes in the movie (laughs) when he sees spiders. It's so good. It's amazing.
2: Rupert (laughs) Grint, not the most amazing actor in the world, but... He, man, does he nail Ron? <laughs> yep,
1: <laughs> and the car returns. And the car is here. The
0: car comes
1: back because the car came back need, the very next day.
0: Because they need a Deus Ex Machina for when they're going <laughs> to be eaten by the spiders in two pages. This is another passage
2: where I think that JKR's writing shines. I think that it I don't is. think she's necessarily great at like hand-to-hand combat scenes but like general chaos there's a couple there's a scene in book at the end of book five that i I feel similarly about yeah yes um it's just it just things happen right away and then they keep happening and it ramps up in a really well written way yeah this is a good scene
0: personally not a fan of spiders did not read Mm. the description of the spiders very closely but that's totally fine (laughs) it looks like a a good description
1: don't look too closely at uh, book two of the illustrated editions because there are spiders throughout it. They yeah. just, they're like lit on every page. There's just like spiders walking across the page. I mean, I
0: appreciate that on an intellectual level. <laughs> this chapter is rife with
2: clues about the thing that's in the castle. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that it is. And I did not get it because I was 12 when I oh, yeah. read this book. Or 9 I, or whatever it is.
0: I am probably also not getting it, but it's fine. Aragog is a spider the size of an elephant. Yes. A small elephant. But an elephant all the same.
2: <laughs> As Hagrid is wont to do, he, Hagrid traded for this egg yeah. from a distant land. It's Hagrid's pet. Yeah. And he still has, Aragog still has loyalty to Hagrid.
1: Also, Aragog is the first talking animal we've met, I believe. Other than snakes, which don't count because that's Harry speaking their language.
0: Yeah. Centaurs, like, kind of. I guess.
2: so i think here there's a distinction here which is centaurs are magical creatures and these spiders are categorized under beasts Beasts,
1: and i think that
2: there's an important distinction there
0: yes
1: okay yeah creatures include elves and goblins it feels like creatures well I was going to say it feels are- like creatures are the ones that have personhood, but that's not necessarily true because I think, like, unicorns are also categorized as creatures. These so I think
0: spiders for sure seem to have personhoods. Monsters do, are. But the, mo- like, monster categories are usually not. Like, this, this spider has a family. Yes. Like, explicitly said, Hagrid took care of me and... I have a family.
2: What does it say? Yeah, he. (laughs) The sentence he even brought found me a
1: wife, not a mate, a wife. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. I don't know. I don't know where Aragog falls. I think the author spent a lot of time creating a lot of very cool and interesting creatures, and didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the implications of personhood on these creatures.
0: For sure, like one hundred percent. That's like that's the same thing with the dwarves earlier in this Uh book. Exactly. Or the um the friggin gnomes in the garden or whatever it was. You can't just put this in here as a joke and not deal with what that implies for society. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um the the car saves them.
1: <laughs> the car saves them. The car is a
2: now magical beast. <laughs> uh,
1: the clue, the most important clue that they get from Aragog is.
2: The thing that lives in the castle is an ancient creature we spiders fear above all others. Okay,
1: Two important yes. clues. That one okay. and <laughs> the girl died in the bathroom.
2: Yes, and also the body of the girl who was killed
1: was which is the one that Harry yeah. and Ron are able to actually follow. Yeah.
0: The one that Harry and Ron deal with immediately is the a girl died in the bathroom.
1: Yeah. And we
0: we know <laughs> by By obvious process of elimination, and then also Aragog says it, is that the thing in the Chamber of Secrets is not a spider. It is something worse. It is something else.
2: I really enjoy the fact that Harry does not seem terrified once they're back in the car. He's, like, enjoying the ride. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's, like, putting things back in Hagrid's cabin and putting Fang inside. (laughs) He just says, like,
0: three paragraphs earlier that he's ready to die fighting spiders. Yep. So he's having a wild night.
1: The way that Harry deals with danger is, is always an interesting time. <laughs>
0: sure is. Yeah, Ron, the girl who
2: died. Aragog said she was found in a bathroom. What if she's never left the bathroom? What if she's still there? Ron rubbed his eyes, frowning in through the moonlight, and then he understood, too. You don't think... That
1: moaning myrtle. Guess who we're going to talk to in the next chapter? Yeah, Woo! guess what's happening
0: next? Are there only three chapters left?
1: Yes. yep Oh my
0: gosh, there are.
1: Yeah. So it's it's we're escalating. we sure. Boy, are. Howdy, are we? Any over overarching thoughts from those three chapters? Um predictions for the future?
0: After this set of chapters, I cannot even try to make predictions. <laughs> hmm. Because obviously I did not predict this Hagrid thing. Although that's more of a a side jaunt from the plot, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a method that the author is using to reveal more information.
1: Ooh, can I say a headcanon that I have? Sure. I was like, I don't know where to talk about this, but it's about Hagrid, like, after he gets expelled, and he gets asked to, like, stay as Gamekeeper, and... This is not a spoiler to say that later in the books, you see Hagrid doing some pretty advanced magic that he wouldn't have learned before third year. Mm. So my headcanon is that Dumbledore gave him private lessons. Oh, that's nice. While he was living at Hogwarts. I think Dumbledore also advocated for Hagrid being allowed to stay because Hagrid has a very particular loyalty to Dumbledore. Yes, mm-hmm. and that that makes sense to me that it would be something like that.
0: Dumbledore also specifically advocates for Hagrid in this yes. many times. Yes,
1: very strongly, which is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening next. <laughs> Completely no predictions. Head empty.
1: Myrtle was yep. the Medusa all along.
0: Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be quite something. Snakes in the toilet. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh huh. I mean. Okay, it probably has something to do with snakes, given everything. hmm Uh-huh. There's a lot of snake imagery and mm-hmm. literal snake happening in this book. Would not be surprised if there continue to be snakes. Cool. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Chekhov's snake is on the wall, and it must be fired within the next three
1: chapters. Yep, you got it. All right. So I wanted us to read this chap, this page that I found from Pottermore, which is just a, just a fun, a fun time. It's called Ministers for Magic. It talks about why the Minister for Magic was first created as a position uh, soon after the International Statute of Secrecy was put in place. Which was 1692. 1692. And then it proceeds to go through a list of every single minister for magic who ever was in office.
2: That makes me think now, which is that the statute of safety was passed during the reign of William and Mary. This is post um, British civil war. Hmm. Okay. I'm just going to think about this for a little while. Well, remember. there's not
1: a, there is not a Scottish uh, minister until pretty far after that. <laughs> it Does anyone
0: want to attempt this, this line of, uh scots
1: <laughs> go for it e please do oh god wait which 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 minister is it
0: right right before the list of ministers i'm still at the top right oh, before it's the, the list of ministers i mean i can try there's a line in like i would say this is not just a scottish accent but straight up scots yes the dialect um their pure wee brains couldn't cope with it that's pretty right. good i mean probably terrible to a scottish person yeah too, i'm but. positive i apologize but <laughs> that is the reason why no muggle prime minister has ever set foot in the ministry of magic yes and then we have the whole list
1: shall i tell you my favorites and then please if you, if you guys have favorites so oh first of all i wanted to mention of, of this list there are many recognizable names from students of hogwarts and other characters that we know today uh-huh I wrote down the ones that are recognizable. There is uh, Raoul, Parkinson, Diggory, Boot, Flint, and Lestrange. There might be more later, but I didn't keep writing them down. I think those are the main ones. Mm -hmm. So those are old wizarding families. There's
0: like 40 names on this list.
1: I don't know how much of this was established
0: in the books before she wrote this. I'm guessing not much, but she has made up every single term. Yep. Of of office between 1707 and the present day,
2: which is like 1707 is a long time after the Statute of Secrecy was passed in. Yeah, I was thinking that 1692, too. Was thinking... because 1692 is the Glencoe massacre. The Macdonalds or the Campbells for not signing the Oath of Allegiance. This is like um. Scottish politics. And three years before that, the Bill of Rights is passed by Parliament. It stipulates that no Catholic can succeed to the throne. This is about what happened with James during the um, const- unconstitutional rights of James II. Declaration of Right. So you're looking at like Civil War aftermath, which is probably British politics and Wizarding politics. Usually, it's kind of
1: like it says later in that during the First World War, wizards were told not to participate, but they did anyway. Yeah. So it probably was kind of a similar thing. It does take
2: them fifteen years. It's just like I don't know. It feels weird to say that it's after the Statute
1: of Secrecy because this is like quite a bit after.
0: Yeah, so far after that it feels unrelated.
1: So, there are some great names on this list. There are some excellent people on this. My favorite name is Basil Flack, 1752 to 1752, because uh, he was the shortest serving minister. lasted two months, resigned after the goblins joined forces with werewolves. Because his predecessor, Albert Boot, resigned after mismanaging a goblin rebellion.
2: Likeable, but inept. I think I have a favorite name, but then I also have a favorite minister.
1: Yeah, I have a favorite minister as well. Should I do that yeah. first, or then you do?
2: Yeah, do your do your minister.
1: I actually have two. There's another one that I like, but um, um, I think my favorite minister is Maximilian Crowdy, 1770 to 1781. He was a charismatic leader who routed out several extremist pureblood groups pl- um, planning muggle attacks. His mysterious death in office has been subject of numerous books and conspiracy theories. He seemed like he was a pretty good, pretty good minister for that time period. There are so many good ones in here. There's a lot of good ones.
0: This is like, talk to your name, naming. I think that my favorite name is Unctious Osbert. <laughs> <laughs> that was Yes! <laughs> so good! Who was minister from
1: 1789
0: to
2: 1798, widely seen as too much influenced by purebloods of wealth and status, which like, given with the name Unctious, what did you expect? Yeah. Um, but my favorite minister is Adeline Gamble, 1827 to 1835. A much, forward-looking, much more forward-looking minister, Gamble established committees to investigate muggle power, which seemed, during this period <laughs> of the British Empire, to be greater than some wizards had credited.
0: My favorite minister, which is also a very good name, is Evangeline Orpington, mm-hmm. uh, also
2: 1849 one. to
0: 1855, a good friend of Queen Victoria's who never realized she was a witch, let alone minister for magic. Orpington is believed to have intervened magically, parentheses and illegally, and parentheses, <laughs> in the Crimean War. I want to give a shout out to Ferris quote-unquote pole yes! Spaven. <laughs> yeah, that was my second favorite name. That's the funny one. 1865
2: to 1903. Longest ever-serving minister for magic and also the most long-winded, he survived a quote-unquote assassination attempt, in parentheses kicking, from a centaur who resented the punchline of Spaven's infamous a centaur, a ghost, and a dwarf walk into a bar joke. Attended Queen Victoria's funeral in an admiral's hat and spats at which point the Miz- Wins and Gamut who was like the Supreme Court suggested gently that it was time he move aside. Spaven was 147 when he left office.
0: I I want to look up that joke format now because I <laughs> cannot believe that it was around in the 18
1: 18-
0: <laughs>
1: I seriously doubt it. True, very true. I was reading this particular passage out to my roommate and he was like 147 and then we just got into this conversation of how old wizards can get. They can get pretty old.
0: This guy, yeah. if he was 147 in 1903, he lived through the American Revolution. Maybe yeah. Because he would have been like in his 40s and then didn't die in 1903. So who knows how much longer? Yeah.
1: He uh, the oldest character I know of in the books comes in book five. So actually, no, that's not true. There's another. Not counting the flamels. Okay, well yeah, not counting the flamels. Actually, not book five. It's I was thinking of what's her name? Marchbanks, oh. Professor Marchbanks. But I think uh Bathilda Bagshot is actually older than her. I
2: think so too, but I don't know if that counts.
1: Yeah, true.
2: Mm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, I'm just going to read, you were not allowed to read this entire entry and I will not read the entire thing, but right after Millicent Bagnold, which is where you were told to stop is Cornelius Fudge, a career politician, overly fond of the old guard. And that's where I'll stop.
1: All right, cool. I, I liked this. I like this page.
0: This is a good page. If, if you have a chance and haven't been reading all the Pottermore pages, I would recommend this one. Yeah. This
1: is worth your while.
0: It's just, (laughs) just for for fun. fun. It's it's a diversion. None of this means anything except for maybe the entries I didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next episode. End of this book, huh?
1: So there are still going to be some big reveals, even though you even though you know about Tom Riddle, there's other things that you oh, don't know. Oh, uh, you-
0: absolutely. I expect there to be. It'll be good. If this section of three chapters was Buckwild, I <laughs> cannot imagine what the next, the last ones are going to be. And please send in questions. We'll do
2: the final three chapters and then we'll do a book wrap-up like we did for book one.
1: So yes. if you have
2: any questions for us, please send them to our Twitter.
1: Spoiler questions to our Tumblr.
2: Both of which you can find at
1: PotterNot. So don't forget yes. to do that.
2: Yeah, and then we're going to start book three, which is very exciting because it's a much better book.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> in Zoe's opinion. <laughs> in my opinion.
0: I-, I would love to hear in that wrap-up, why you dislike this book, now that we're all through it.
2: I'm putting that in the book wrap-up questions, um, so Yeah, remember I, to
0: answer. I have not had that, like, reaction to it, and I would love to hear it. All right. As always, and as we just said, you can find the show at PotterNot on Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, you can send us questions there, or feedback,
1: or... Anything you want. Just just say hi. Continue the discussion. Send us your messy feelings.
0: Send us your feelings. Send us your your hashtag discourse.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) uh, You can find me at CEL10E on Twitter.
1: I'm Adela. You can find me on Twitter at Aredel, A-R-E-D-H-E-L underscore underscore. And on YouTube at Aredel Grace.
2: I'm Zoe. You can find me on Twitter at Zoe Topaz, Z-O-E-T-O-P-A-Z. You can buy my book, Ostentatious, The Evolving World of Jane Austen Fans, wherever books are sold. And I would like to give a shout out to a favorite Twitter account that's making me smile at the moment, if that's Mm -hmm. okay. It has nothing to do with Harry Potter. It's just a really good Twitter account. It's Subpar Parks. It is illustrated posters in the style of the traditional American national parks posters of their oh, I best
0: one-star reviews i've seen i've seen a few of these i did not know there was a whole account
2: there's a whole series of I'm them looking it up now it's great subpar parks on twitter highly recommend so shout out to uh that twitter account for making me smile
1: shout out to that they're in wasteland of tundra <laughs> denali national park and preserve
0: uh, also shout outs to um our fantastic composer morgan jackson who did our theme music you can find his music at we did the time warp again bandcamp.com thanks for listening
1: everybody bye <laughs> stay safe everybody <laughs> stay safe, <laughs> stay safe.